Hello, and thanks for checking out the Gots to Listen podcast. I am your host, Elliot Gots, and today you're going to be listening to the first interview that I ever did with a complete stranger. Her name is Alina Villamure. She is a 10th grader at Woodhaven High School. She is interested in doing drama and theatrical productions, as well as recording and filming videos. We will be posting two of her video links in the Instagram description, so you can check those out. She is also somebody who has two prosthetic legs and horseback rides. So we get into all of that in our conversation today. Thanks for checking it out. Hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hi. Hi. Alina, tell us a little bit about you. I am Alina. I am in 10th grade at Woodhaven High School. I ride horses. I make films. I have two prosthetic legs. I do academically well in school. And I decided to come on to the podcast. How did you hear about the podcast? I've seen it on Instagram, the Patrick Henry Middle School Instagram site. They posted about it. Well, I'm glad that it worked. Yeah. You said that you listen to podcasts, right? I do. I'm really interested in podcasts. So when I seen... There was a podcast here. I definitely reached out. What are some of the podcasts that you like to listen to? I listen to, it's called Impulsive. What is that? It's one by Logan Paul. And YouTuber? Yeah, YouTuber. What does he talk about on there? I o- I've only listened to two episodes, and they're the inspirational ones. Mm. I had one where there was a guy named Charlie Rocket on there. He was very inspirational. Who's Charlie Rocket? Or what's his story? I've never heard of him. He, he's a guy that used to do things with music but then went into um exercising and he lost a bunch of weight and he's into like manifestation and quantum physics and law of attraction and all of that stuff that's pretty cool yeah are you a science fan yeah a little bit okay i just wondered if you made a connection with him because maybe you like science and he was into quantum physics so you make movies you make videos yeah can you talk a little bit about that so it's this program in down river it's called Down River Detroit Student Film Consortium. And he, he's the director of it. His name is Scott Galeski. He is a retired Wyandotte cop. And he just made a program of a bunch of different students from all walks of life and like put them together and we all just make films. What kind of films do you make? Documentaries, short films, comedies. You know, I recently did a film last year before the pandemic, it was called Living With Boys, and it's basically what life is like living with boys because I have two brothers, and it was just, just a comedy. Are your brothers older than you? Younger. What is that like? Very interesting. Do you have a place where we'd be able to watch your videos? you have, like, a YouTube yeah, link that on, you want to shout yeah, out? Yeah, it's on YouTube. You can look up DDSFC and then Living With Boys with that, and there will be that one. Th- that's my proudest film. That's the sitcom I did. Well... Since you found this podcast on Instagram, maybe you could send me a link to your film, and when we post our picture, we can send a link to your film so people can check out your film. Sweet. We'll network. We'll work together here. So talk to us about horseback riding. So I, I ride horses. I barrel race horses. That's like my passion. That's what I love the most about horses. There are different things you can do with horses, and I like to barrel, ride, barrel race. That's like the rodeo-type riding where you run where you and the horse run as fast as you can around three different barrels. And the fastest horse to run wins. How long have you been riding horses? For five years now. And do you have to rent the horse from a stable? Release. 
I have my well, I have my own. I have two horses. Okay. One we lease, one I own. That is at the stable. Do you do the equestrian team at the high school at all? Yep. What's that like? It's it's really fun. My mom is the coach. We've done it for the last two years now. The last two years I've been in high school, and it's three Saturdays. We go to the Belleville Fairgrounds and we show the whole day for three Saturdays. And then if we get enough points, we go to regionals. But we haven't gotten enough points yet. But when we do, that's what we'll do. Where did your passion for horseback riding come from? So my mom, she has a best friend. Um, that's where we put our horses at. So she, we just went over to the barn one day and they put me on a horse and they seen I did well in that environment. And then since then, I've just, I've done it. So... My understanding, and maybe if I'm wrong, you can correct me, but one of the ways to ride a horse and be successful at horseback riding is to establish a connection with the horse. Does it that helps. make sense? It helps to establish a connection with the horse because like when you're on the horse, you really just got to think about you and the horse because there's so many, especially when you're at a show, mm -hmm. there are so many distractions, but you really got to just connect you and the horse. So yeah. How often do you ride? I know, not competitively, but practice and whatnot, or just so, for the fun well, of riding. I just horse. got a barrel horse, so I've been training him and getting him conditioned, because it takes a lot of a horse to run as fast as they can around barrels multiple times at a show. So I've been conditioning him a lot, so almost every day right now. Okay. I'm really interested in this, actually. So what kind of work goes into taking care of a horse, you know, cleaning a horse, maintenance of a horse? Like, what kind of stuff do you have to do as somebody who's leasing this horse and training with this horse and whatnot. Like, can you talk a little bit about that? It all depends on, like, what kind of deal you have with the barn owner. Mm. So if you don't want to pay as much, you can come clean your stall, and then they'll give you probably a little bit of a discount. But if you make them clean the stall every day, then they'll probably charge you more. So it all depends. I clean my horse's stalls is what I do, and then they feed and water and do all that. And how do you clean it every day? Whenever I'm out there, yeah. So basically right now every day. What's your horse's name? I have two, Flynn. He's mine. He's the one I'm going to barrel race. And then I have Tucker. How come you don't barrel race Tucker? Different type of horse? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay. And he's for my little brother. Oh, really? Yeah, who's nine years old. So he's just getting into it. And you have two younger brothers. Yeah, the other one is 14. He also has a barrel horse. Her name is Alaska. He's got to get her ready for this season, too. Did you go all, your whole family, did you all get into horseback riding together? Or did you kind of set the trend for everybody else? I set the trend. Because my, my brother's, one was scared for the longest time. And now he's not scared and he's doing well. The other one, the nine-year-old, is scared right now. Were you nervous when you started? Not really. I, not like not like they were. Huh. That's pretty cool. Prosthetic legs? Yeah. What's a, what's, uh, what is that like? It's it's cool. I, with horses, it, it doesn't make that. It depends what you do with horses. Like I barrel race around, around barrels. So really, as long as I can manage to stay on and get my horse around the barrels, it's fine. But having two prosthetic legs, I think, is the coolest thing ever for me. Were you born needing them, or did it happen? Yeah. Yeah. And has that created any challenges for you in any ways? There are always challenges, but I personally have always overcome them. And I have done really amazing things with my prosthetic legs. That like, you know, I did a 100-mile bike ride, not this past summer, but summer 2019, that alone, I, I ride horses. I, you know, you know what a rib stick is? Is that the thing where you the swivel where you, back and forth? Yeah, I yeah. taught myself one summer how to do that. Most people with legs can't even do that. And me over here with prosthetic legs learned how to do that. Just all kinds of different things that I, I like to climb rock walls. Okay, that's, that's hard. That, that is, is hard. hard. Yeah. yeah, I've done that before. That's not easy. 
I wanted to climb the one here, but then I was going to climb it at the end of last year. COVID. But we ended up not being here, so I couldn't do it. I still want to one day. <laughs> you said that you're a pretty good student? Yeah. What, what is your best subject? What is your toughest subject? My best subject would probably have to be math or English. And you had Zogut last year? Yes. Shout out to Miss Zogut. Oh, yeah. I love Miss Zogut. Shout who, out. Who do you have for English now? I actually do English right now through early middle college. Okay. So I'm in the early middle college program right now. And then I am in algebra. I'm in the advanced math and algebra two with Trey right now, too. Who is your ninth grade math teacher? My ninth Mr. Drum. Shout out to Mr. Drum. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Drum gets a lot of shout-outs on this podcast. Can you tell people a little bit about Early Middle College, if there's somebody listening to this that doesn't know if they want to do it or not? It's honestly pretty sweet. It's a program that you get involved with. Your grades have to be decent enough mm-hmm. to get involved with. And then it's it's free, and it's, it's really cool. And you do it through the four years of high school, and then you do it a fifth year, just the Early Middle College. And mm-hmm. then um, you graduate with associates. Have you been in it since ninth grade or just 10th grade? Or? I've been in it since ninth. Okay. Do you have the same instructor at the high school that you have at Patrick Henry? No. And what do you guys and girls focus on in that class? In what? Early middle college. We have, so we have different classes. So like our first one was fundamentals of speech. Then we had sociology. And now we have English one and English two. How do you feel the early middle college English is similar or different to what you would do in a typical ninth grade, 10th grade English class? I'm sure the expectations are a lot higher since you're getting college credit for that. Can you talk a little bit about how the professor structures the class, what's expected of you, things like that? I think the biggest thing is, is when during the lectures, you sit there and you listen to the lecture. You cannot do work, you cannot, their work is done at night when the lecture is over when you get home from school that's when work is done you are not allowed to do work during the lectures and i think that's the biggest thing because in high school you sit there and do work in class that's what you're doing in the college program you don't do that do you do note taking yes oh lots of note taking with it being a covid year do you have to do a lot of it on the chromebook or do you handwrite so right now the whole early middle college program for us is online so I just bring my notebook, and then I just sit there while he's talking on the computer and just write down what he says. So with this being basically an online class for college, when you are graduated from high school, do you want to go to college, I would assume? Yeah. Do you think that this shows you that you would like to take online classes in college, or do you hope to only take face-to-face classes in college? I personally hope to take face-to-face classes with anything, high school, college, anything, just because I'm a very social person, mm. and I like that type of environment more. So you prefer to be around people, around peers, learn with people next to you. You don't necessarily yes. like being stuck behind a computer screen, feeling isolated. No. no, yeah. And was that, when we all shut down last year, was that a really big adjustment for you? And even at parts of this year when everybody was shut down online? So I actually started school this year online. Okay. We started online. And... Grades were not doing well. Mentally, I was not doing well. Just all of it. And so my mom eventually put my brother and both of my brothers and I back in school. And do you think one of the reasons you struggled goes back to what you just said about that social part? Like, do you feel like you struggled because you were feeling isolated and you really needed that sense of community in the classroom? Yeah, I would say so. Do you feel like you have a better connection with your teachers when you're face-to-face? Yeah, 100%. (laughs) That's a common theme that I'm noticing with a lot of the kids. So 
when you do go to college after you graduate, what are you hoping to go into? Physical therapy. Do you feel like you're taking classes that would help you in that area, or do you wish that that was something that there were more opportunities for? As of, like, right now that I know, like, I'm just getting my, like, general classes out of the way. I'm not a... I don't, I'm not familiar with a ton of the electives that the high school offers. Is that something down the road that you'd have the opportunity to learn more about at the high school? About physical therapy? Yeah. Oh, I honestly don't know. What is it about physical therapy that has you drawn toward the profession? I love that question. <laughs> I, I like seeing people get from point A to point B in the best way and successfully. Like, I love seeing physically, mentally, emotionally. I like when I see people at the best, at the highest that they can be. And physical therapy... I used to do it long, long ago when I needed it, and I just, I've seen, I've seen my grandma go through physical therapy, I've seen people go through it, and it, they come out awesome, and I want to be someone who helps someone come out. I love that. Yeah. So it seems like you have a really good heart. You seem like you're somebody who's very interested in helping people and cares about people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You seem like you're afraid to give yourself credit. <laughs> Going from Patrick Henry to the high school now that you're there, I know that you started online, but now that you are face-to-face, are there any adjustments that you had to make going from our 8-9 building to the 10-12 through 12 building there, other than the fact that the school is bigger? It's bigger. An adjustment that I know I would have had to make that I don't have to make is the locker thing. Because apparently I've heard that your lockers are sometimes far away from your classes and that it's hard to get from classes. But right now, because we carry our backpacks, Everywhere we go, I wouldn't have that problem. But I feel like if they did do the lockers, I might have that problem. In terms of the teacher's expectations, are they different from what ninth graders are expecting? Like if I'm a ninth grader listening to this episode and I know that there's a 10th grader who's gone through Patrick Henry and is currently at the high school, is there any sense of uh, challenge that students should prepare for that maybe they weren't thinking they'd need to prepare for? If there's a student who does their work now and is on top of it, they'll be just fine at the high school. But they they do got to stay on top of it because it can pile up fast. Do you get a lot of homework at the high school? Me, personally, I don't because I sit there and do all the class because I don't like going home with homework. I don't blame you. How often do you spend riding your horse? I'm going to keep going back to this horse riding thing because it's really interesting to me. Like a day. So there's like seasons too. They So when you, sh- the horse showing season for me is summer and then a couple weeks in the fall for the equestrian team and then all summer may june july august i'm showing the horse and then september for the equestrian team and then it's over until then again and right now we're in march so i'm getting ready for may so right now i am riding a lot and i ride i ride my horse about an hour to an hour and a half when i'm on him because i'm working him out the whole entire time like him and i when we're done, we're both sweating. So what is it about horse riding that is physically taxing? I've never, other than like occasional stroll around a lap, I don't know much about horseback riding. So That part, strolling around um, a lap, wouldn't do much. So there's like trotting, mm-hmm. where they're like bumpy. That builds their muscle. And then you have cantering. Cantering, which is like running, that makes them tired, and that one will make them lose weight. So it... All depends what you want to do. She said it makes them lose weight? Yeah, running. If they're constantly running, that is the biggest way for a horse to lose weight. Is weight something that you have to focus on with your horse due to training and right speed? Right now, yeah, because I'm running him a lot right now for conditioning. So, yeah, right now he's on, like, weight supplements to make sure his weight stays up. Really? 
Mm. Because if I just trot, that'll build muscle, which is what you want to do too, because you want him to have muscle as well when he's running around the barrels. Interesting. Okay. This is something that's been a hotly debated topic ever since I've worked here. So I'm going to get your opinion on this. Do you think that the ninth graders should be at the high school? and start their high school career there as ninth graders? Or do you think that having an 8-9 building and then a 10-12 through 12 building works and why? I mean, it works, but I do think that they should be at the high school. What do you think ninth graders are missing out on by not being there? <laughs> I think they're missing out on, like, seeing examples, like seeing older examples of other kids. They miss out on that because they're, like, top dog here. Mm-hmm. So they're the older example. But if they're at high school, they see, you know, sophomores, juniors, seniors so you think that not having those older role models is a deterrent for them you think that they should have those kids there yeah the good role models do you think that by being here that they lose a sense of connection to the high school for example back before covid we would do pep rallies at the high Mm -hmm. school and ninth graders would be bused there Mm -hmm. and they always do like the cheering section and every time ninth graders are asked like well let's hear from the ninth graders they're just like yay and then you compare that to 10th graders who are kind of loud, 11th graders are louder, and 12th graders always try to win. So do you feel like 9th graders just feel completely disconnected from what happens there? Oh, yeah, 100%, because they only go there for the pep rally. Right. So you said you wanted to go into physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Now, for physical therapy, is that out of a hospital? No, I like more of the fitness side of it, so I'd rather be in a gym environment. Like an like a LA Fitness type of place, or what? Like a rehab facility, or both. Okay. I I would prefer both over a hospital any day. Any particular reason? One, I'm just into fitness, and then two, I mean, I just don't like hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right. My favorite part of the entire interview is the question about advice for other people. So if you were somebody listening to this and they were struggling to feel motivated in any way and you seem like somebody who would be perfect for this because you seem highly motivated and you seem like you like to help other people so if you're somebody struggling with uh, motivation what is a positive motivational message that you'd like to leave everybody with what's a piece of advice that you would want to give to help people it could be anything I know I have a lot of things so I'm someone who like really cares about being like the best you that you can be so I always remind myself of like a couple concepts, which is like self-care, self-respect, self-discipline, self-control, self-love. And I think if you keep those five in mind through things you go through. What are some ways that you maintain those? Because I think all of those are really important. So what are some different things that you do to keep those high up for you and keep you positive? Well, self-discipline is, is the biggest one for me. And it's doing my homework drinking a good amount of water, exercising, working out, eating right, just all of it. Did that take a long time to develop? Some things and some things not. Like the working out part, I that part comes easy. Mm-hmm. But sometimes eating right doesn't always come easy. You mm-hmm. know, um, drinking water comes easy because I, I actually like drinking water. <laughs> Doing homework sometimes doesn't come easy because who really wants to do homework? Right. How do you motivate yourself to set time apart to do your homework, especially when you go to school all day and you're spending an hour to two hours with your horse all the time training your horse, and then you figure by then you come home, it's probably, what, six, seven, eight o'clock at night. How do you how do you build time into your schedule to make sure that you keep your grades up and get your homework done? 
I really just try to do everything I can at school. Like, I know kids who go to school and they're like, and they and they go to school, but they don't do anything all day. And I'm like, if I'm going to be here in the first place, I'm definitely going to do so. I'm going to make it worth my while. What are some other things that we should know about you? Some other things? Yeah, so you seem like a kind person. You are really into being active and eating right and self-discipline. What are some other things about you? I really want to make sure that when people listen to this, that they leave feeling like they've got a really good sense of who you are. I'm genuinely, like, funny. Like, I make a lot of jokes. Here's a fun fact. I'm, I'm actually adopted. Really? From Bulgaria, which is a country in Europe. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got adopted at five and a half years old. Really? Yep. Have you ever tried to find your paternal family? We have, but kind of hard to find. Like, you can take deep measures into finding them, but we just really haven't because, like, we really don't care. Like, I personally really don't care. Like, I'm good where I'm at. Are your brothers also adopted? Or? So, one is not. The 14-year-old, he's mm-hmm. our mom's. And then Owen, the 9-year-old, he is... Oh, Connor's the 14-year-old. That's his name, Connor. And then Owen, he's from Russia. Really? From Moscow. And he got adopted at... I don't even think he was one yet. Wow. So, yeah. So, I'm guessing in a situation like that, I mean, your idea of family probably has a lot to do with the idea that it is the people that care about you and the people in your life and that blood doesn't make you family. Oh, yeah. 100%. Do you think that being in that circumstance, do you think that that makes you a better friend? Does it think it makes you more caring in some way? Because you have a family who cares for you like they're your own, even though, you know, they didn't birth you necessarily do you think that you show more compassion because you were your role models have shown so much compassion do you think that there's a correlation between your personality and what you see from your parents yeah I would my mom she like is very loving with everybody she loves everybody and does things for everybody mm-hmm and so I try to be like that I try to strive for that but sometimes I'm I'm like very like into myself and what I'm doing sometimes that I have a hard time seeing everything else. With the motivations that you have to make use of your time at school and to get good grades, is that something that you are self-motivated by? Does your family help motivate you? How does that work? Some kids, they're just like, I know what I want to do and I can do it on my own and I don't need the encouragement of anybody else. Has your family pushed you to be the person you are, or do you think that's something that you've just naturally done on your own? My mom, she always had good grades in school. Like, she was top. Like, she was, but I don't think that ever really had anything on me. I'm, I'm one who wants to be successful myself, and I know that what I got to do now is what I have to do now to, you know, future me, thank myself for. Mm-hmm. So I think that's honestly why I do it the most. I want to go back to this video project that you're a part of with the DDSFC. So you make videos. Do you act in them? Do you Are you the person behind the camera? Do you do both? I've done almost all of it at this point. So many different things. I have, so my Living With Boys, that film, I directed, starred in, and wrote the screenplay for. But there's been films that he will have somebody doing. Like another kid in our group will be doing a project on a film. And he'll be like, Alina, can you come write the screenplay? Because I can write pretty well. Or, you know, Alina, can you come direct? And that's just the director's boss. And I do that job pretty well, apparently. So I go there and I do. I make sure the film gets done. But I I like acting the most. And, um, no. Did you write your first screenplay last year? When did you write your first I've screenplay? Been, I've been in this 
film program since 2017. So I wrote my first one in 2017, 2018. Was it hard to take an idea and then put it onto paper? Like, for example, you look at some of these kids who are in an English class and you give them a chance to write, and a lot of them, they get writer's block real quick, or, mm -hmm. you know. Can you talk a little bit about your writing process? I just write what comes to my head. Sometimes, sometimes I, so when I have, in this film program, when I have an idea, that's the first thing, that's the first thing he asks us to do, is write. Mm. Is write it down and get it to him so he can see how long does it take you to write a screenplay from start to finish? Like, how much time do you spend on a screenplay? Depends on the film. These are like these films are like five to ten minutes long. So the screenplay, once you have the idea, once you already have like just like your ideas already written down, it honestly takes like 30, 45 minutes. Okay. So you write out a, a script, and you you're either acting or you're having other people in the program that are acting it out. When you're directing, do you expect the kids? Are they all kids? Is it a youth program? What is the There's age a lot range? of adults too. Like our cameraman, he's an adult. The like the main director, the main guy, Galeski, he's an adult. So there's always adults around. There are adults for like each section of of film. So there's one for like audio mm -hmm. and music and that stuff. There's one for acting. They're like the acting coach. Mm -hmm. So there's adults in each. There's a camera adult, and then there's some kids who are interested in camera work, so they go there, and they go with Mark. That's his name. They go do camera work with him, so it all depends. And when these are being performed and acted out in front of the camera, do you notice that if... How do I say this? Do the kids or the actors, do they have to read it line for line from the script, or is there no. some improv allowed? We usually don't have line for line in the script. Do you like that, having the opportunity to improv in it and make it your own? I like that, especially in my film that I did, Living With Boys. I like that. When you're directing something that you wrote, do you feel like it's like a baby to you? Like it's something that you hold on to tight and really cherish? Oh, yeah. Kind of how I feel about this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I know that you want to be a physical therapist, but so with the acting and the directing and being a part of this program, where do you see your future with that going? Wherever the opportunity takes me. And I'm one who's an opportunity seeker. Mm -hmm. You know, if I see something and it looks like an opportunity and it, and it comes to me, I'll take it. You know, I say, oh yeah, you know, I want to be a physical therapist, but if another opportunity were to come with films or something else, yeah, I'd take it, of course. And it's something you're passionate about? Yeah, I love, I love it. That's awesome. Not nervous in front of a camera? No, not at Now, I never had you as a student. You're the first person that I've never had in class who's done this podcast. Mm -hmm. Are you the kind of student who would, like, raise her hand and always volunteer, or are you more reserved and shy in the classroom? I raised my hand and volunteered. I made sure I was buddies with the teachers. I sat in the front of the class. Oh, yeah. Well, be careful. That's what I was like, and now I am a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Awesome. Do you have anything else you want to leave us with? No, I really enjoy this podcast, though. Thank you. How, I, did, how did you start this podcast? Like, what made you start it? Oh, I told my kids that I wanted to do something fun that would be bigger than just being a teacher. And we they kept saying, make TikToks. And I said, no, I'm not going to make TikToks. <laughs> and I said, I do like podcasts. If I did a podcast, would anybody want to be on it? And that's what kind of started it. The two first guests that were on it were Claire and Rachel, and they really took charge of going to our principal, Mr. G, and getting approval for it. And once it got approved, they really pushed me to make sure that it was an idea that I stuck with. So 
I owe a lot of credit to my students for really getting this off the ground. And once they gave me their support, I definitely didn't want to let them down. So that's kind of what has become this podcast. That's sweet. It's, it's really cool that I have people outside of my class that listen to this. Yeah. And you said you found this on Instagram. I, I found the information about it and then I went on the iPhone podcast app and looked up God's to listen and just started <laughs> listening to them. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I had a lot of fun talking to you. I'm going to make sure that we put the DDFC information out so that people can check out your film, Living With Boys. Thank Indeed. you. Thank you.